Hello and welcome to Gospel Conversations. This is Doug Dunbar, lead pastor at Gospel Chapel in Grand Forks, British Columbia. As a church family, we are committed to the mission of helping people follow Jesus. And one of the ways that we live that out is to partner with missionaries and other organizations that have that very same purpose. And today on Gospel Conversations, I'll be talking with Marcus and Anya Cappers, who serve with Reach Across in Birmingham, UK. And Reach Across has the mission to help Muslims follow Jesus. Sound familiar? It sure does. Here's kind of kind of the uh, the bigger picture vision that Reach Across has in their ministry. This is from their website. Uh, you can find that on the internet. It's uh, Reach Across is dedicated to a vision to see Muslims become devoted followers of Jesus Christ through self-sustaining and reproducing fellowship. Seeking to realize this vision through the mission to share the gospel with Muslims, to share and serve in practical ways in their lives, and to disciple them to follow Jesus. Well, Marcus and Anya have been serving with Reach Across Uh, based in Birmingham, UK, and they have been supported missionaries of Gospel Chapel for some time. So today on Gospel Conversations, we're going to get to know Marcus and Annie a little bit, find out about their life, their ministry, their testimony. And uh, so uh, we want to get to know them. We want to hear their life story, their walk with Jesus, and how they're helping others follow Jesus. So here's my conversation with Marcus and Anya Cappers. All right. Well, uh, here is Marcus and Anya, and they are, you guys are in Birmingham, UK, right? That's right. Yeah. Birmingham, Birmingham, England. Okay. Whereabouts (laughs) is that in relation to major centers? Uh, Like it is a major center. Yeah, it is. It's actually the second largest city in uh, in the UK uh, after London, and it is right smack in the middle of uh of this big island of the united right. kingdom so yeah yeah awesome um well we want to get to know marcus and anya a bit here today and so i'm just going to ask that we're going to start right at the beginning um where were you born and where did you grow up <laughs> you want to start city okay i was born in germany on okay. the french swiss border beginning of the black forest Mm. And and that's where I was brought up. I'm a village girl. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I I was born in the Netherlands, but uh, never really lived there. Uh, our family we lived in in the UK actually up until I was uh, eight and a half, and then we emigrated to uh, to Vancouver, where my dad uh, served as a missionary to sailors in the port of Vancouver. So uh, I did most of my growing up in in the Vancouver area, actually Burnaby. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So you're growing up in Germany, you're growing up in the lower mainland. Yeah. How did you guys meet then? <laughs> yeah. It was pretty amazing actually, because um, uh, <clears throat> my dad being uh, a chaplain to seafarers, he was asked also to be the uh, the chairman for, or one of the, the chairpersons, for the visit of the Logos 2, which is a okay. uh, mission ship from OM. Yep. And Anya happened to be on that ship. 
And uh, so it arrived in Vancouver uh, back in January 1997 on a snowy day. (laughs) Um, And my parents had invited quite a number of people from the ship to to spend some time in their in their home where I happened to live as well at the time. I was still studying in my last year of university. And um, so one of those people was Anya. Wow. (laughs) The good thing about the story, you can tweak it depending on who you're talking with. (laughs) So sometimes I say, you know, I'm I'm German. I don't speak English very well. I misunderstood. I thought they said, come and stay. But they just drink a lot of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) But my my ship sailed in, so uh, I wasn't going to let her go. <laughs> no, we, uh, we realized right away that um, God was have, was doing something really amazing. He had mm. been working our hearts very similarly. He has placed the same people group on our hearts and, okay. and then forward. And so that was really what made us look twice. Right. And then, like all the stars aligned. You know, <laughs> we it was love at first sight. We realized, uh-huh. man. You, both really feel it has something to do with the Yemeni people of Arabia. Okay. That's, that's where I had applied to. That's where he had applied to. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it was just doors flung open really wide. And it was just a matter of seeing, okay, Lord, what does it mean? Like, uh, how are we going to do this? Um, right. Yeah. So okay. I think it was, it was probably around February uh, 1997 when we first met each other. And uh, we were married uh, January 3rd, 1998. Okay. So it was less than a year later we got married. And then um, it was another uh, nine, ten months uh, before we both, as a couple, uh, left and went to the, uh, to the Middle East. And we, uh, we served there for 13 years and had okay. three children there. And <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> is pretty neat. Because we stayed for 13 years there. And when we talk to Yemenis and they said, well, we first marry and then we get to know one another. (laughs) 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 Yeah. All right. So, so then, uh, just trying to do the math here. You've been married, uh, 22, 23. uh, It's almost 25 years. Almost 25 years. 25 years, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, uh, we just passed our 25th anniversary this last wow. December, so uh, right. probably probably right around the same age. So uh, you have three children. That's and, right. And uh, how, how old are they now? Uh, well, our eldest, Matthias, he is mm-hmm. uh, 22. He is married. He just got married <clears throat> back in August to Kate. Uh, Kate is from Sunderland, mm-hmm. which is the north of England, and uh, they don't live too far away. Uh, Matthias uh, works for the West Midlands Fire Brigade Service, okay. and uh, really enjoying that. Um, Elena is our middle child. She is 19, uh, and uh, she's studying in Glasgow University, uh, mm. doing a, a, a joint major in um, psychology and theology. Oh, and cool. Daniel is our last to leave. He's still with us. <laughs> we're we're going to tie him down, I think. Um, he's in his last year of A-level, so he's 17 years old. 
and uh, or sorry no 16 years old no, he's no he is 17 he is 17 okay. <laughs> <Probably> longer <laughs> i was thinking because I'm, I'm teaching him how to drive right now so okay. <laughs> uh, in the uk you have to be um you have to be 18 actually to get your full license so right uh, like in canada where you know we're we're very proud that we can get our license at 16 already <laughs> well but anyway, that's, that's changed quite a bit Oh, is it? Oh, it's, it's, boy. A, it's a graduated system now, and it okay. takes a few years now. So, okay, okay. So it might be kind of similar to here. Anyways, yeah. he is studying okay. uh, mathematics, further maths, uh, chemistry, and biology uh, in A levels, which is like his senior year of high school. Okay. And then he go on to university uh, next year uh, in September, basically. Yeah. Right on. Excellent. So, um, yeah, so you're kind of at the, you're almost at the empty nest stage. Almost. Yeah. And you're pretty young still. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's like we look about the same age. I'm 50 this year and I like our youngest is nine. So it's totally different, but, uh, yeah, uh, uh, lots of fun. Uh, that's that's excellent. Great, to, great to get to know a bit about your family. Uh, how about your faith journey? When did when did each of you come to faith in Jesus, and what led up to that moment in your life? Right. Mm. Yeah. So, growing up in the village in Germany, everyone mm. went to the Lutheran church, including mm -hmm. me. And um, something was always stirring in my heart. And I, I remember as a 16-year-old talking to a youth leader because we had youth group as well and sports at church, saying, I'm not sure if I'm really saved. Mm. But in church, there was no concept for this, you know, seeking for Jesus. So they said, don't ask these questions. Right. But um, I did nurses training in, the next, in a bigger town. I moved out. And um, there was a missionary kid training with me. And in the first three months, she said, I really believe God asks me to ask you. And everyone knows you're a Christian because you like going to church and you seem like it. We have had faith talks. Mm. But do you really know? And for mm. me, this was like a second opportunity to finally ask my questions and bring out my doubts. Right. And we did Bible study and. And I asked God into my heart. My relationship with God and with Jesus really changed. Mm. Afterwards, I, my, my prayer life changed. I right. the experiences of God really talks back when I'm <laughs> reading, reading scripture. You know, it is mm. a lie, which mm. was before. And, and I'm praying and there are answers to prayer. And man, he really is. There was a lot of joy there. And that mm. joy about God really being with me translated into evangelism. I didn't talk like this. I didn't really know that there was a word. I just shared my excitement. Mm -hmm. um, I gave out little Bible reading plans that, that I use 30 a month. And that went on for several years because I thought there must be more people like me mm. that just don't know, don't know and have doubts and somehow need, need a context to talk about it. Yeah. A number of years later, four or so, um, a lady in the evangelical church that then joined um, and got baptized and she just said, Anya, I believe you have a calling uh, for mission. Why don't you pray about it and start with something really broad like OM ships. Mm. Uh, it's a good foundation. And um, I prayed and I just knew that God was calling and 
again, doors were wide open. The elders agreed, and I was sent out three months later. Mm-hmm. Spent wow. about yeah, I spent about three and a half years with the ships. Okay. Hence, I need to stay put until God <clears throat> tells me the next step, which right, right before I met Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing how God works. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, for myself, um, you know, growing up in a missionary family, um, uh, I can't... T- to be honest, I can't remember the the exact moment uh, right. uh, in my life when I really, you know, felt like I want to follow Jesus. Uh, and furthermore, I want to be able to tell other people about uh, mm-hmm. the Lord because it's, you know, it's just been, Jesus has just been such a huge part of my life journey. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say this, though, I, I remember... Um, at a missions fest conference in Vancouver, I was around 12 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember listening to uh, brother Andrew. Okay. Um, yeah. Open door, and uh, he was giving a, a message there and, and a real challenge. And at that time, that is uh, a very stark. Uh, there's a very stark memory in my, in my mind of uh, being in that meeting hall and, and hearing not just his voice, but God's voice actually mm. telling me, uh, Marcus, you are going to um, share the good news of who Jesus is and, mm. and Jesus' love with people who don't know, with people mm. who, who need to hear this and, and they have not heard it before in their life for, for whatever reason. So at that meeting, um, I stood up and I said, yeah, Jesus, mm. I, I want do this. And um, so from that point on, it was um, a journey then to, to figure out where, where is God going to bring me? Where is he going to take me? What am I going to, to actually do in order to, to go out and to uh, share Mm. Jesus Christ with, with this unknown uh, (laughs) group? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, basically, I remember at, at another Missions Fest uh, conference, um, someone challenging me to consider um, the Arabian Peninsula mm. as a possible place to go and teach English. And mm. uh, that's where I also got into contact with, uh, with the Epps, with uh, Lawrence and Peggy. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was just uh, through a process of communication with them and uh, preparation that eventually uh, I, and together with Anya, we, we went out mm-hmm. and we joined, joined them and their team there uh, in teaching right. English um, to, to Arab, Arabs, uh, peoples. And, wow. and German. And you, <laughs> Anya talked German actually, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that kind of answered my next question too. You know, uh, sensing God's call into full time ministry and what that journey was like. You've, you've just kind of described that. So, um, uh, re- reach across. How long have you been with them? Has that kind of been the missions organization? Uh, Anya, you were with uh, Operation Mobilization with the Lagos ships uh, for a number of years. But then, uh, reach across. How long have you been with them? And what led you to serve uh, with this organization? 
So yeah, basically we we signed on with with Reach Across when it was then known as the Red Sea Mission Team. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when we got married, <laughs> so it's it, it, it's also coming up to twenty five years of 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 serving with with Reach Across. We've uh, we've never left yet to awesome. go to another, with another mission organization. So um, <laughs> yeah, we we continue on with them and. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes yeah. guidance is very practical. Marcus was in communication already with Rich Cross when we met. Mm-hmm. I was with them and I had a really good experience. Um, yeah. Very, very good experience. I thought it would be them because I've been with them for a number of years. Mm-hmm. We present them the same crazy story. We don't, we, we don't know each other <laughs> much. Well, we just met and we really sense God is leading us to marriage. And he, we really sense he's leading us to full-time, long-term service in Yemen. Mm. And we had the, at that time, the area leader just visiting the ship and he heard that. He didn't know us both. And he said, you kids are rushing it. You know, why don't you just go single? And the Lord can confirm and you marry later. <laughs> and and we told the same story to reach across. And the guy, um, well, he knew Marcus already for a while. He said, okay. praise the Lord. God brought you together. It's much <laughs> better together. Why don't you get married? Get married. We, we would just ask you to stay in Canada for a while, okay. you know, for the initial phase. But, but then, yeah, welcome. We were just at the point, I mean, mm-hmm. some doors. You know, we were not ready anymore to consider going single. We were so excited about God's leading. Right. We wanted to get married. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided, okay, let's let's go with the, the Red Sea team, reach across. Right. Um, they're so positive about us getting married first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> go get married and then we'll uh, get you on the mission field and away we go. And, Exactly. Well, well, that way you can remember both anniversaries pretty well then, eh? <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's awesome. Uh, how about uh, how about your connection with Gospel Chapel? Uh, Lawrence and Peggy Epp, of course, long time. Uh, we've supported them for a long time, and they yeah. have some so, some pretty deep connections here too. Was that kind of the connection, yeah. or was or was there another route there? I mean that that was uh, probably the, the what started it or sparked it off. But um, as I mentioned, uh, there are folks uh, from our sending church in Vancouver and sending okay. churches in Vancouver that we know as well that um, that have in the past uh, done lots of holidaying in uh, the Grand Forks area at Christina Lake and and are part of of Grand Forks uh, Gospel Chapel as well. And so there was that connection, and and I guess. They they would have talked about us too and uh, mentioned right. us in the missions team, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I I have no idea. So how long has Gospel Chapel supported you? How long has this relationship been going on? Is that just it, as long? Yeah, um, not not quite as long. Probably though, uh, at least ten years. Okay, at, maybe maybe not. Uh, maybe maybe even a bit more. Maybe twelve years. So it, it's been quite a long time. Yeah, awesome. 
That's great. Well, let's uh, let's dive into what's what's going on in ministry right now, because, I mean, one, it's been a crazy couple of years um, and yep. it's seemingly getting crazier. Um, the world's just nuts. Um, but uh, let's start off just just with what what are you guys currently um, involved in? What are some of your current involvements in, in ministry strategies and uh, what are you seeing God doing in people's lives? Yeah. Um, well, right now, um, the, the house that we're living in, uh, is, it's part of uh, reach across and, uh, we've got kind of a, like a community, uh, that lives together with us here, a, a team hmm. of people that are mission minded and, uh, uh, desiring to, to bring God's kingdom into the community and especially into the hearts and lives of, of Muslim people mm-hmm. in the community here. Uh, this is also a, uh, a like a training base, a training center. And uh, f- since we moved in, uh, and this has been uh, the past 10 years coming, it's coming up to 10 years this summer. Mm. Um, we have had uh, probably close to 100 or so interns and students and um, uh, short-term mission workers joining us here. Mm. Uh, to do uh, work and to to find out how they can best engage with and serve uh, Muslim people um, in in a community like this, um, and and so we're we're trainers. We 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 train the folks. We we teach people. We mentor them in mm-hmm. how they can how they can do this. How they can help Muslims uh, follow. Mm-hmm. And so that's been. Uh, probably one of the, the biggest priorities for us. There, there is a large Muslim community around us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the Muslims coming from Pakistan, from Yemen, from Somalia, Iran. There are uh, Kurdish people, there are uh, Bangladeshis. So it's, it's a real mixture of uh, right. Muslim people. And, and that makes it a, a perfect training ground, so to speak, yeah. for folks that would like to find out um, uh, how to how to do this and and if they're thinking or praying as well about going to some of those countries where these these people groups are from uh, mm-hmm. this is a, a I guess people would say it's a, a relatively safe environment here to right. uh, to do that and to find out yeah is is this really where God's uh, or what God's leading me to do to to reach these people so. We're partnering with um, a number of different churches okay. in a majority Muslim area, mm-hmm. and we're leading a team. Mm-hmm. And um, also, there actually uh, we've formed a network with even other mission agencies that do the same work. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're involved with projects in those different churches. Okay. Uh, Projects that serve the Muslim community that that, that invite the Muslim community into the church. Mm-hmm. Marcus is involved with a men's group uh, that's for men's men with special needs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and women English classes, children's groups, and um, yeah, us personally, we're with the leaders, coordinators, trainers. Um, of that team and have them regularly come to our house for mm-hmm. prayer, debriefing, and networking. Right. Um, and the second arm of our work is actually member care. 
Mm. And not, not just for the team that is here on the ground, but for um, mission-wide, especially on our heart of folks that are in isolated and tough places. Right. Yeah. might not be church, but the Lord mm. called them there and mm-hmm. teams small and of course they also went through this crazy past two years just like everyone else did yes we saw that our work in in member care in the pastoral care for missionaries Mm. totally increased yeah yeah well i i imagine similarly to even just just some of the the stats i hear around pastoral ministry in north america where I think the recent the recent numbers were about thirty eight percent of full time pastors are thinking of packing it in and just getting out of ministry. Uh, I've I've been wondering how how that's working itself out in missions around the world too with with uh, career missionaries uh, mm-hmm. because it's been such a, a challenging two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I imagine some of the challenges in in uh, in ministry, like just just hearing all the different nationalities. I, I mean, you, the, uh, I think maybe from a North American perspective, we kind of lump uh, reaching Muslims into one cultural bag, and mm-hmm. we don't see well Pakistani and Irani and Bangladesh and all the different nationalities. Of course, are going to have a different, maybe cultural expression of that, and yeah. Yeah. it's it's not just Muslim isn't one isn't a culture. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think maybe North Americans have a hard time getting their heads around that. Yeah, but I mean, you you could say the same uh, with about Christian, right? You've Absolutely. got Christians all across. I mean, Russians are Christians, and <laughs> Spanish are Christians, and. Swedish are Christians, you know, and, and then you have Christians in, in, in China now and Australia yeah. and all over. So, but they're all bringing their own brand, um, yeah. uh, their own culture uh, into the mix as well, aren't they? And then what yeah. we find as well is that there is a huge difference between first generation, second generation and third generation. Yeah. Muslim right. background people that have lived here in the UK. Mm. Um, that it's just not the same. Yeah. I, I think, I, um, you know, our mission was always, uh, Reach Across was always very focused on uh, reaching out to the least reached peoples of mm. the Islamic world. But we have seen a shift in recent mm. years um, to, um, to bringing into focus now uh, what they would call the diaspora peoples right. of the is- Islamic world. So by diaspora, that would mean those Muslims that have left their countries many times because of war, uh, because of uh, political turmoil and upheaval. Yeah. And they've come to uh, countries in the West, like the UK, like Canada as yeah. well. Yeah. And, um, and, and they're now these diaspora uh, people that are still considered to be uh, least reached or are some of them even unreached because mm-hmm. um, uh, a, a people group that is reached that this really means that you've got a kind of a, a, a core establishment of, of followers of Jesus that are able themselves to spread right. the gospel. Uh, but you've got some 
some people groups where that still isn't in existence yet. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're, we're aiming to, um, uh, to, to see change in is that mm-hmm. God would be raising up uh, people's, uh, uh, and it's an opportunity for us when they're able to come here, when they do come here to, um, uh, to the UK and, and elsewhere, and we can uh, engage with them here. Yeah. Awesome. So I, I, I think we've kind of touched on this uh, a little bit here and there, but what are some of the current challenges of ministry? Like what's, what's the most challenging part of doing ministry right now? Um, actually what <laughs> a, a big challenge we've been facing uh, really recently. And in the last few days, we've been uh, discussing this with other uh, reach across office uh, staff and, and people is how to bring um, potential workers into, into uh, the country. Um, so, I mean, you might think it's, it's challenging to go into a country like Pakistan uh, or, you know, uh, other North African countries visa-wise, like what, mm-hmm. how do you uh, get work permits and this sort of thing. But actually, it's it's almost more challenging to get people to come into the UK. So, oh yeah, uh, us having this training base here, um, we've found it very challenging uh, recently to be able to to get visas that are long enough for folks to to come here and properly learn and engage um, with with the ministry. So. Brexit, uh, you might have heard about that. Yep. <laughs> that also did a, 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 some damage as well to the, mm. the possibility of inviting Europeans to to come uh, to the UK for for training here. So that's that's been a big challenge. Um, mm. Yeah, and I think just uh, <laughs> so finding those creative ways uh, of getting people here into the country. This this has been, mm. yeah. Uh, a bit difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I think that's, that's similar to like, we have a YWAM school, uh, discipleship training school here in Grand Forks. And they've, they've found the same thing, especially this last two years, like uh, lots of stuff. Oh, it's open. No, it's not getting visas, not, you know, um, down to the last minute for their, uh, for their missions trips, uh, their practical experience. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's definitely, there's, there's been a lot more roadblocks uh, for people to come and and uh, and navigate that. So yeah, yeah, mm. I think that's that's a yeah, that's a, those are those are big challenges. Yeah. yeah. To to add maybe the small member care uh, work, um, the number of people that we're caring for that are in burnout. Mm. Some had to really take time out and. They're seeking psychological care, right? And um, so, so that's really hard. Um, we're both we're not counselors. We're approaching our work from a member care, pastoral care uh, right. point of view. And um, I guess what is challenging is that there seems to be just so much need and. Mm. Um, I remember this past week sitting there and thinking, I wish I would be a professional counselor. I think I would have a lot of work right now. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm not, you know, but yeah. I can't 
I can I can listen to you. Mm-hmm. I can I can wonder with you. Where's Jesus in this mess? I, I can walk with you through this dark time. Yeah, with you and maybe at times for you, but at the end of it, Jesus will still be there. You know, yeah. just like there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, the last two years, of course, have been extremely challenging. Um, uh, some people have said our world's kind of gone through 10 years of change in about two years. Um, yeah. And it's reshaped a lot of, you know, th- there's been a lot of questions. How do we do ministry in in this situation? And now as we're, for the most part, kind of, kind of coming out of it, um, things are different. Um, it's, you know, there's really no going back to what we were doing two years ago. Um, how has the last two years reshaped, uh, your ministry approach or, or what are you seeing changing that, that, uh, is, you know, as you're training people for ministry too, that they're going to maybe need to approach things differently. Yeah. Well, one of the big things is, uh, of course, what we've got going on right now, which uh, virtual sessions where uh, we get to meet with people uh, through Zoom, uh, through through Teams and and other uh, social media platforms. And um, I I would have to say this has really been a a godsend. And um, Mm. I think we're going to see more and more of this, I, I don't think there's really going to be any any going back to the <laughs> the, the way it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. uh, before, like pre-pandemic, uh, we were able to quite often travel quite quickly to to different parts of the world to meet with teams to provide that pastoral support or um, uh, input into conferences, this sort of thing. Right. Um, but this is now, yeah, this is not happening <laughs> at yeah. all to the extent, uh, that it was. Uh, we were meant to have, <clears throat> we were meant to have a, um, a conference for Reach Across uh, in the summer of this year, but, but we had to cancel it or uh, bump it back again uh, just because of uh, COVID concerns and uh, especially some of the some of our workers in in the two thirds world uh, that are finding it very difficult to to be able to get out uh, right. of the countries and and to uh, fall into line with the uh, requirements that that certain Western uh, and European countries have for visitors that come. So so reach across now. We we also have a, a number of global South partners okay. uh, that are working for the mission. Uh, as well, and so uh, it's quite challenging for them to to uh, to meet all those requirements. And um, mm-hmm. but we're we're thankful that we can still meet with them like this. Mm-hmm. I know I know a lot of people will say ah, it's just not the same. You know, I, I so yeah. prefer to meet in person. But well, you have to make do with <laughs> with what you've got. So. <laughs> I think what I foresee is what has changed is also the, the this value judgment on virtual community. Right. And, you know, we used to say, oh, that's not real uh, community. You know, we have a community somewhere here, but now we have a bit of added virtual. That mm-hmm. I, I think that is for many people just not true. Yeah. 
that the virtual community is real and and the, there's a different value on that. Also, in terms of ministry, I think what I see in our lives and what we're also passing on to the students is maybe a bit more a laid back trusting approach. Mm. Let's just see what God is doing and walk with him. Yeah. It's too much like me putting some pressure and some tensions and some plans on my shoulder that I think I ought or should be doing. And then at the end I burn out because actually mm. it was just my idea and I wanted to appear that I'm doing something and I'm, I wanted to feel good and better about myself and my achievements. And mm. um, it gets us all burned out. And at the end we have nothing left. Right. So, so I think that prayer, um, got more (laughs) (laughs) prayer also to just wait and pray and discern Mm. where where does god ask us to partner with him and let's go get forward in trust and let's let's in a way just throw it's his work let's leave it Mm -hmm. his work and we're partnering with him Mm. yeah rather than grabbing the responsibility and carrying it and 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 breaking down under it um, does this make any sense oh yeah yeah for sure and it, it's uh, the difference between just you know the all the busyness that maybe we were doing pre-pandemic uh, without thinking whether or not that was the most effective thing um, or just assuming that because we've done it this way for 20 years, we have to keep doing it. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we've, we've had that same kind of conversation around here too, as, as a church, like our, you know, what, what do we need to simplify now? And, and what do we, what are the core things that we need to get back to? Um, and, and, and not maybe not be as busy and, and people have said that even just in their own personal lives you know we were going here and there and everywhere with our kids and we were just busy 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 mm-hmm. and i think it was philip yancey about uh five years ago uh he's he was asked what's the biggest challenge to the north american church and he said it's that people are too busy mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh too busy Wait. for the kingdom <clears throat> so we're experimenting a lot with prayer and i like that word you know the experiment yep. because it's lighthearted. you can sort of do it evaluate change uh, for example last monday we had a team of 12 missionaries come and after dinner everyone shared where they're at the challenges what they're facing next week and right. we listened to one another and then afterwards um we decided you know what rather than out loud praying and we do out loud praying at times but let's just just for now, how about we're setting aside 10 or 15 minutes or so and we just quietly, everyone prays for what they heard from the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we can just focus on intercession for one another. Right. And finding the correct words. Yeah. So, so that, that's just one of the examples of what we're trying to what does it look like really to step forward in trusting God for this work and, mm-hmm. and, and simplify? <laughs> like you said, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the last two years have kind of reshaped your ministry and you've already talked about the burnout um, issue with, with uh, m- uh, ministry workers. How are you navigating that 
personally yourselves and staying staying healthy and not not getting to that point or or have you <laughs> i don't want to assume that you haven't you know hit some walls in the in the last uh, two years with all of this stuff too yeah i mean health is you know i, I think we often underestimate just how important having good health is um, for just your you know ministry and, and livelihood mm-hmm. so we have a dog, which is wonderful. <laughs> we get to walk the dog uh, every right. day, and uh, that gets us uh, some good exercise. But um, uh, yeah, there there have been times when we've realized we need to just kind of uh, really pace ourselves because if we if we if we go overboard on on things and and uh, putting too many things into our schedule and uh, commitments and this sort of thing, we we definitely are going to burn out. So so we do try to to make sure that we we're not putting too many uh, items onto our our plate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think like also the fact that our our children are are almost grown up now, more or less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, this has freed us up as well, uh, which is which is great. Um, yeah. I mean, we still have a lot of people coming through uh, our, our doors here at um, at sixty six Park Hill in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of hospitality, um, meeting with a lot of people. Um, but yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're I think we're 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 doing all right. Awesome. Yeah, we've been quite. Um, um, careful to enjoy the beautiful things that God provides and, right. and grateful for that. And you mentioned we are facing the emptiness. We noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> and for example, uh, last, last week we took um, a night out. We went, we went to, away together, uh, just the two of us, because we live in community and we're always among many people. And we um, booked ourselves into a hotel. Okay. And, just us time yeah we got this challenge 16 years ago it was one of the best challenges we ever got we mm-hmm. said we can't go away our kids you know our kids are so active no one wants to look after them <laughs> <laughs> and someone challenged us and said why don't you bring the same creativity and effort you show in your work into trying to arrange a babysitter right <laughs> for at least one night away or two so you can you can really put an you know you can at least show what is important to you if your marriage is important to you do that mm, right. and it took us about a week to come up with a creative plan and we have done this ever since we don't need a, ba- a babysitter now anymore unfortunately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but stuff like that we do step out right for for retreats we do step out for um, marriage time right to take a breather, to reflect, to become quiet, yeah. and to enjoy beauty and thank the Lord for it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, you guys are also living in, you know, maybe a closer proximity to the Ukraine crisis uh, than we are. But how is that situation kind of affecting your ministry and the lives of people that you are involved with? I mean, to be honest, uh, so far, it's still early days, and uh, we'll have to see what what happens next. But it it hasn't really affected uh, ministry 
all that much. Uh, I think for, for Muslim people that are here, uh, they get much more affected by things that happen in the Middle East. Right. So, um, you know, the, the Arab Spring, that was a big one. Any yeah. tensions in, um, in Israel, tensions in, in Syria or Afghanistan, uh, Pakistan, these are the sort of things that will really have an effect on, on the people's psyche here, uh, right. especially in this community uh, around yeah. which we live. So, so yeah, I, I think where it does have an effect, though, is we find ourselves uh, drawn to our news apps more frequently, <laughs> which I'm, I'm trying to uh, stop doing, you know, try to just keep that down to once or twice a day, but not constantly. Yeah. Um, that, that can be a challenge. And, I mean, there are concerns, obviously, but... Um, mm -hmm. It, mm -hmm. it it hasn't hit us too hard uh, yet. So. Right, right. Yeah, uh, 2022. Uh, you know, we're we're just a few months into it. What is God laying on your heart for this year? And what kind of what's the divine imperative that keeps you focused uh, and serving with anticipation? Yeah, well, one thing that I'm really looking forward to actually is uh, starting a uh, certification in coaching. Mm. So one of the things that we've noticed in Reach Across is that um, uh, leadership um, and, and leaders, there, there's a real need for, for leaders to be coached, to be mentored, to be trained, um, and so it was suggested to me that I would uh, take up some uh, more official training mm. in coaching um, from the International Leadership Coaching Academy, which is actually okay. run by uh, folks from OM. Mm. Uh, I'll be going in a couple of weeks' time to Turkey uh, for a 10-day um, residential there, which will begin uh, or kick off uh, an 18-month uh, certification that I'll be doing. So I'm really looking forward to that mm -hmm. and, um, and trust that uh, God is going to use that uh, in, in, in my life and the lives of, uh, of uh, people from our mission that uh, mm -hmm. we're able to meet with. Um, yeah. So it's, I'm really anticipating that and quite excited for it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I think one, one of the reasons reach across fits for us is, but they have a value of learning, mm. you know, keep on learning, be a learner. Right. And I, I find that really helps with keeping the focus. Mm -hmm. um, I did some training as well with um, church resource ministries that is now noble in uh, spiritual formation. Okay. Then uh, evangelical spiritual direction. Mm -hmm. All that very useful because yeah. the program was designed for missionaries. Mm -hmm. I was in a class with 18 others that were from around the world were serving with different mission agencies. Uh, so that, that was good and helpful and, um, and useful um, right. to focus going. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So <clears throat> just to, so something I've heard a few times, just, just in our conversation um, there, there seems to be a growing Network interlocking, helping one another between a lot of different mission agencies now. Um, you know, where maybe, you know, 
you know, you go to Missions Fest in Vancouver and it's like everybody's competing for your attention at every booth, right? And, you know, come work with us, come work with us, come work with us. Uh, but it seems that now there's much more of a, hey, we all have different skills and different passions, uh, but they're all, we can help one another a lot more uh, yeah. than if we're all just kind of scattered and doing our own thing. Yeah. Are you seeing that kind of as a growing thing in the in the broader missions world? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it's just, uh, it's imperative that it grows even more. Uh, yeah. Like, um, I think there there might be a decline in uh, in some uh, mission responses in, in different parts of the world, especially in in the in the western uh, western countries. Um, there's there's a, certainly a, a greater increase of interest in missions in the global south and in the two thirds right. world, which is really wonderful. And we want to be able to empower our brothers and sisters in the global south to also uh, take up the challenge mm -hmm. of uh, of sharing uh, God's kingdom and and uh, the message of Jesus with with people uh, all over this globe. Um, right. But yeah, I, I really do feel and, and see that um, uh, mission agencies are going to have to partner more and more together um, to, to get the job done of, um, of sharing the gospel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that shift as well. Um, one of the books I've been reading through started last year is, uh, is a, big, it's a big book out of IVP called Majority World Theology. And it's, you know, people from the two-thirds world, from the southern continent, from even North American indigenous uh, um, theologians who are, it's, it's the, the church is more non-Western now than at any time ever. Yeah. Uh, I believe Korea is now the second largest sending nation for missionaries uh, besides the U.S. And yeah. that is continuing to shift. Yeah, and so yeah. how much does our Western approach to missiology need to start changing? Because it's going to be the Asian African countries that are going to be sending more missionaries than we are. That's right. Yeah, and so yeah, interesting times. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> there, there, there's a there's a global shift right from from yeah. us being kind of the or Western. Uh, European, North American being kind of the bastions of Christianity where we are now in the minority. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what does that really mean uh, for, for the church in North America, but also just for global missions overall? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Lots to plumb there. <laughs> I think <laughs> I would just kind of go, oh, okay. Anyway, uh, let, let, let's end with this. How can we pray for you guys in the, in the coming, coming months or, or, or you know, you're going to be heading off to Turkey in a few weeks. Uh, there's some changes there. Uh, you guys are mentoring uh, people going out uh, in, into mission work. And, and so that's probably a different change. Like when you were in Yemen, you were on the front lines doing the mission work. Now you're, now you're the trainers. Um, how do how do we pray for you in this in this season that you're in? Also, leadership. Mm. Um, you you mentioned mission strategy. When we're, we're involved with um, 
leadership of our organization. Mm. There's a board meeting, leadership meeting coming up again in March, um, four days. So these thoughts of strategy and how to go forward. And as an organization, we have declared that we want to be uh, intentional about including the global south. Mm-hmm. You right. want to be intentionally global as an organization. That means also in our in our structures, mm-hmm. in, in our leadership, like who's who is setting them and who's leading them. So there's a lot of thought happening, and would appreciate prayer for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very grateful God gave us a um, a coach, <laughs> a Nigerian. Um, who who did his master's in leadership here in the UK mm-hmm. um, on on integration, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of mission integration we are looking at, and he's helping our organisation to think through those processes necessary to become uh, a global organisation. Right. Yeah, we're still maybe kind of emerging out of a. <sighs> I hate to say it this way, but a colonial approach to missions. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so for for reach across as a whole, uh, we can pray that as they as they're trying to integrate and and be a global missions organization rather than a Western organization. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and also for, for us as a family, um, uh, with all the changes that have, have taken place and, and now with um, our, <laughs> our last child uh, getting ready to, to fly off as well. Well, he'll be studying somewhere here in the UK, but uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, we would just really appreciate prayer that... Um, our hearts wouldn't get too unsettled by it all, but that uh, we would just, you know, yeah. really feel God's peace uh, in, in the midst of, of that. Um, I, I mean, it's, it, it's been just an amazing journey to, mm-hmm. you know, be able to watch our three children grow into, um, um, yeah, men and a, a woman that, that still really love Jesus mm-hmm. and, uh, and still want to walk with with him and uh, and and with us together as well. Yeah. And um, but yeah, sometimes uh, it stresses me out thinking about the future. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm only at the very front end of that, so I kind of get it. But well, yeah, <laughs> ten years. I got a good ten years before I hit that wall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, let, uh, let me pray for you and then, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, Lord, thank you so much, um, uh, for Marcus and Anya for the call that you've had on their lives and the way you have worked, uh, their stories and woven their lives together for your kingdom and your purposes. And Lord, um, as Marcus heads into doing some coaching training and heads to Turkey soon, Lord, just be uh, with him. Uh, may all those connections and the and the paperwork to, to travel, which is just complicated these days, uh, would that all fall together well? And Lord, as you continue to use them to train and uh, and encourage um, mission workers uh, for your harvest field, Lord, would you give them just uh, great insight as to uh, what you're doing in the world right now, uh, how things 
have changed, will continue to change, and how the gospel uh, speaks um, to those changes and to our world at this time. And Lord, as a family, um, thank you for the blessing that you have given them. And uh, and Lord, as their children are transitioning into adulthood, and uh, and that changes uh, their whole family dynamic. Uh, Lord, would they just enjoy this season? Um, Lord, there's some grieving in there too, as, as our children leave home, uh, help them to do that, uh, well, and to also celebrate. And so Lord, we just thank you so much for Marcus and Anya. Thank you that we can be part of their journey and, uh, and thank you for what you're going to do in and through, um, their lives for your kingdom. Thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, for what you're doing in our world. And, uh, thank you that you're sovereign over all. And it is in his name we pray. Amen. 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 I just well, want to thank you. thank you so much and uh, Grand Forks Gospel Chapel as well for all of your uh, prayer and support these many years for us. We really appreciate it. It's, it's been just tremendous. And um, uh, we feel that you're really walking with us in this, uh, in this journey. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much.